Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join in the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. I am joined in person by... Sir Bradley Cox, pastor of Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. Oh, I thought you were going to add on. No. <laughs> your, your cadence suggested. No. <laughs> I left everybody hanging. Oh, okay. Fair Speaking enough. And via suspense. the interwebs. Bye. Hey, everybody. John Russ here. Westminster effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, drinker of instant coffee out of my Westminster effects uh, signature tin mug available at westminstereffects.com. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So thanks yeah, to s- Printful.com for getting those out in a timely Indeed. manner. I do I- appreciate it. So I don't even have one of those myself, so it's a good mug, I I guess. It's a quality, uh, quality vessel for uh, uh, for freeze dried instant coffee and, and other warm beverages, also, uh, and also for your finest meads and ales. <laughs> yes, I mean. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're not much for transitions. It's a, it's a short week after Meads Labor Day as we record. What is this, a renaissance fair? <laughs> what? What is this, a renaissance meads and ales? I enjoy both meads and ales, thank all you. Ye, all ye lords and ladies, come <laughs> come, come hither to the, the we, tavern we shall of have Nethershire. A of, we shall have a feast of our finest meats and cheeses. And uh, <laughs> Cockheat has mugs if you have coin. <laughs> oh boy so in our weekly inquisition post uh drew smizer asked a question uh of outside of anything obviously heretical you know theological differences and that kind of stuff what subjective things would prevent you from returning to a church after a first visit so talking about you know, basically just church turnoffs, you know, so just assume everything is agreeable to you theologically. Um, so it's, you know, when, when I showed up at res, like I had already done some research, liked the, liked the statement of faith and, you know, listened to some sermons and whatnot. And then I showed up and people actually talked to me. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure within 10 minutes of me walking in the door, uh, Rez had already set the record of most people who had talked to me at a church service ever, mm-hmm. including the one I grew up in. <laughs> and that's not to say that those people aren't friendly. They are. Yeah. Uh, but, but Rez was... Rez is smaller than the church I grew up in, and more people talked to me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, maybe maybe there's something here. And uh, so that was, that was more of a thing that kept me here, but there is literally a church across the street from me that I have visited twice and a total of one person talked to me in both of those times. So they apparently didn't care for a guy wearing a whole lot of black with tattoos and at the time, uh, various and sundry facial piercings. Um, so, so I haven't been back there. I've, I've, I've run in their parking lot. They have a perfect quarter mile loop in there. (laughs) (laughs) So when I've been getting ready for a 5k or something, I've run in their parking lot. But other than that, I haven't been there. Um, so fellers, what are some things that, you know, in terms of a welcoming environment or, you know, things that you don't like to see uh, in churches when you visit. I mean, that, there's a whole lot there that we can talk about, I'm sure. 
I visited a church one time that was doing an at the movie series, and I never. Good grief. <laughs> I saw you look at me. Is like, is he paying attention? Because I'm going to bring the hammer down on this one. <laughs> yeah, so that, there's something not heretical. Yeah, not, not theological. Not theological. Uh, these allegorical <laughs> sermon series, man, they turn me off every time. You know, well played. I mean, let's get real for a second. Um, if, if, you know, I think last episode I've, uh, um, uh, or the one prior, I'm not quite sure. I made a remark about, um, how the usage of, of media and things has, has evolved over time at, uh, at Christ Lincoln and is in a, in a, what I would call a responsible uh, place at the moment. Um, there have been times over the years where had it not been for our attached school, that my kids go to, um, and I'll be honest, the friends that we have at Christ Lincoln, um, I I probably would have pieced out pretty hard. Times because in the past. because of the media stuff. Because yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, it's something that uh, I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but. Um, you know, it it is it is something where I realize that like those sermon series aren't quote for me. Like if you were to choose, like yes, then like who are we? like the the content will be for all in the body of Christ, but like the usage of this particular illustration, if you will, mm-hmm. um, which in years past took up a sizable chunk of of the time set aside for. For mm-hmm. preaching and teaching. Um, I realized that, like, I'm not the target demographic for the guy who may need a little, quote, something extra to make that connection. Um, I'm not saying that I completely buy that either, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, yeah, I. I don't know. I I've always I've I in those circumstances like can't we just have more can't can't we can we just talk about this like not this topic but like I don't I don't know anything about this chunk of scripture can we can we talk about that can we relate it can we can we work through that um, I think that although I'll generalize it and I'll say gimmicks gimmicks are probably a turnoff uh, for mm-hmm. me and and yeah. it's something that I've. Um, you know that I've advised against that I've I've worked to uh, um, to to phase out. You know through uh, through guidance and a little bit of you know uh, vitriol and <laughs> um, uh, and of course you, you know I my my leadership role at, at Christ Lincoln is is uh, not such that I'm involved in those high level planning meetings. You know once the kind of the general ethos of what's coming up. Uh, gets sorted we we massage and and whatnot but um a lot of things take place on that pastoral planning level and so i don't i don't really have a voice there but you know it is something that i voiced and others uh, time and time again and um but and 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 it's you know it's not just christ like there are there are plenty of other churches who are currently thankfully these sorts of things are in our past but um, I remember one of the first sermon series. This was like ten. No, it was way more than ten years ago. It was. I was still in college, I think. 
Um, so this would have been part of my weight cow at like 07, 08. Um, and they did a, a sermon series called the iPod Gospel, um, which uh, actually had had a really a really decent uh, vibe to it because like um, the whole concept of of having an iPod is that you don't listen to an album all the way through anymore. It's like oh, I just want this song. I want to listen to this song. I don't want to see the whole the whole thing from beginning to end, right? And um, f- fantastic. I I think that's a great use of quote pop culture. Um, as an illustration uh, for mm-hmm. uh, some scriptural con- uh, concepts. But what they did was like, if you came to every sermon in that sermon series, you were entered into the drawing for a free iPod. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, um, there there were others where like, uh, oh, geez, what was it? Was it like a baseball thing or, I mean... But like, at some point, someone had the idea that it would be once again years ago. Um, that would be a, a cool idea to like sell popcorn, or or give away popcorn and sell like cotton candy like in the worship space. And I was like, hold on, like what the absolute heck is going on here? <laughs> uh, I went to sanctuary worship that day, I believe. Um, you know, so it's not just the movies and stuff. I, I think that there is this concept of, hey, we want to, uh, you know, we want it to be fun. We want it to be engaging. Um, and, and it all just wraps up. It's just gimmicky crap. Stage decorations, right? If you do an at the movies series, whatever. But if you're going to decorate your, what I would consider the chancel area, I don't care if there's musicians up there and it's physically a stage. Call it the platform. Call it what you will. It's a chancel area. It is representative of the Holy of Holies. That's why there's an altar table there. Um, and when you put, you know, uh, a well-painted, I'm not going to argue with that, but when you put like a well-painted, um, uh, and they weren't cardboard, I think they were like half-inch, like Owens Corning foam board insulation or something but uh, painted like uh cut out and painted like uh emmet from the lego movie or uh <laughs> or like minions or whatever because it fits with this with the the movies being used for the sermon series is like there's a certain part that that okay what you're revealing within the message is cool but why for all this other stuff why why with the the ipods why with you know, something that's happened with the movie series in the past, um, especially the children's movies, is that they've given out a magnet for every week that has the scriptural verse on it. And like, it's not like just like, oh, let's, let's prop this, this movie. No, it has like the the take home point that you would have in like a Sunday school message. Right. Um, I'm like, what? like, we're spending money on this stuff. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I think gimmicks are probably, um, probably the, the one thing, um, and whatever that looks like. I mean, uh, and at the movie series certainly can be gimmicky. Um, I, I think in, in, in the majority of usage, it's probably gimmicky. Um, you know, um, uh, with, uh, but, but in, in spite of all of that stuff, um, there are some things that have kept me 
at Christ Lincoln because the the iPod, the someone wrote a Harley into church. This this was before I went there um, for Palm Sunday. I'm like, that's oh, complete, no. I know that. It, I mean, isn't that completely the antithesis of, of Palm Sunday? The triumphant entry is is almost ironic. Behold, your savior comes to you humble and riding on a donkey, not weathered out and ripping on a dino bob or whatever. Like, I mean, it's, it's the, and maybe that's what it was like, but like illustrations for the sake of saying, ah, it's nothing like this, but we thought it'd be really cool are gimmicky. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that sort of stuff made me always like, I don't want to go there. Um, we went to sanctuary, uh, a, a lot when we started, cause it was Kelly's, Kelly's church. And I didn't really have a home church at the time because when, uh, um, when we got married, I had just gotten off of a, of a year as, uh, um, interim, uh, uh, worship leader, I suppose at a, at a church up in Northern Nebraska. Um, and so I didn't have a home church here in Lincoln. And so Kelly was going to Christ, mostly sanctuary and, uh, I was like, yeah, let's let's check out two eleven. Why not? Um, and at that time, you know, no Harleys and iPods, uh, but uh, the movie series and you know whatnot. And the only thing that kept me going, and I've been going to two eleven ever since. I'm nothing against Sanctuary. I, I adore that as well. Could use more liturgy. I'll say that. I need more chanting in my life over at Sanctuary. But um, <laughs> with the uh, the, the one thing that, that kept me is the, uh, I would say uh, probably twofold. Um, I think it's uh, the, uh, the intentional focus on family. And that's not saying, oh, we have a nursery, so you can shove your kids in there all the time. But that the children's ministry programs are uh, uh, very prevalent, very well advertised and supported. Um, and uh, people will absolutely go out of their way. I mean, we have a whole greeter team, people that will help seat you and are currently sanitizing the chairs, of course. Um, the people who will uh, help with uh, offering will, uh, um, oh, goodness, uh, well, attendance, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. they're actually there to say hi. You know, they're, right. they're at every entrance and to, to greet you. And it, it, it just gives that that sense of being uh, welcome. And that's not something that stops when you walk past the, the greeter. Um, if, if you're new, and of course, I mean, we're a large church, so it's difficult to, to realize, is this person actually new? Because if I walk up to them, it's like, hi, I see you're new here. And like they've literally watched, been watching me play guitar for the last like say, you know five years, yeah. <laughs> you know, usually I'm doesn't like, go over very well. Yeah, I know. It's like, um, so yeah, I've been here for a while, um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, the that relational aspect is uh, is super important, and I yep. think above all else is what is has kept us uh, there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bradley, any, any specific turnoffs for you when visiting a church that people may want to keep in mind? Well, I mean, I... Like, just, just assume res has dissolved and you're no longer going to be a pastor. <laughs> like, just yeah. give that kind of hypothetical situation. Well, you know, and 
my bias, you know, obviously prevalent. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm with John on the gimmicky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, I think if I were visiting a church, which honestly I don't have a whole lot of experience with, uh, yeah. I have some, but not much. Um, if I were visiting a church, I would, and I don't think you could do this in one Sunday, I, I would be looking for what's underneath everything that I'm seeing. You know, if there's a lot of gimmicky stuff going on in a church, I would start to ask some questions about, you know, what this church, and I know this is venturing a little bit into the theological, but it's also, mm-hmm. it also is practical in that, does this church minimize the presence of God, the power of God, the work of the Holy Spirit? If, 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 you know, for me, why, why is it that we do gimmicks? I think we do gimmicks because we're trying to impress and attract people in the absence of anything really fruitful and effective happening. Right. Right. You know, like, like, you know, you know, if, if, if God is working and moving in the life of a church and people are passionately in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be evident and that's going to be tangible regardless of what level of gimmick gimmicky kind of stuff is going on. So I'm going to be looking what's underneath that. Are we just we just trying to grow a church and get people in the building by giving away iPods or doing at the movie series, you know, that I'm I'm going to be trying to see beyond that. Right. To what what's the ethos that's really driving all of this? Um, you know, the, the second thing I would look for is that you know, and again, this is my bias and my preference. So yep. I'm not. I'm not trying to. The, the question does include the word subjective. So, okay, so, so we're okay with that. Okay, so I I am not okay. I would not be okay for myself or my family being in a church that is that does not have expository preaching. Yeah. Now, if if if, if there if there are topical messages or topical series, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But I'm going to be looking underneath it. To see, okay, if we're going to do a series on marriage, how are we going about that? Are we hunting and pecking for verses across the board and then basically doing counseling from the pulpit? Or are we going to take Ephesians chapter 5 and we're going to work through it right. as part of this series on marriage? And then we're going to go to First Peter and we're going to hear what Peter has to say about marriage. And we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to work through this text because John said something earlier that I totally agree with. I mean, there, there are chunks of the Bible that we maybe don't know anything about. Um, and there are, you know... You can put together a, a message or a series of messages on a topic like marriage and pull verses from here and there and build a theology that may or may not be entirely biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, we couple that with some good counseling from the pulpit and some self-help kind of talk and, you know, practical experience kind of wisdom. And, and I'm just not okay with that. I think I think people, if I'm going to church, I want to go through go through text and I want to wrestle with the truth of God. I want to wrestle with the biblical text and I want to see a pastor, elder, teacher stand up there and, you know, communicate his own wrestling through what the text is saying. Yeah. And so that, that would be a turnoff to me if it was like, you know, there's a church that we visit in Mexico every time we go on a missions trip there and, 
you know what? I, I really like the church, to be honest with you. The people, like you said, talked about res people being so friendly. I've been there twice because I've been on two mission trips there, and they're incredibly friendly. They are incredibly visitor friendly. I mean, they have, you know, in ear pieces for translation. Um, they have the, they they're one of those churches that hands out the sermon notes, which I'm great with. You know, it's fill in oh, the yeah. blank kind of thing. My wife loves that. She does something like that just really appeals to her about filling out blanks and. And I, I don't do that here at Res, but they do that there, and they have it in English, mm. so you can you can listen to the translation and follow the pastor, and um, and so the people are welcome. The worship is great; they do it really, really well. Uh, obviously, it's in Spanish, so I I have to sort of try to engage with it as best I can. But it feels genuine; it feels authentic. But the pastor does these uber topical messages that never really lead people through. A block of text and so it would be hard for me to want to stay at a church like that right uh, just because i feel like that's essential yeah i i visited a church once uh out of town where and and i vented to you about this when i got back uh-huh. i think i remember this <laughs> and i may have referenced this on the podcast before but but they were doing this topical series called weights about you know the the burdens we carry around and and he started the sermon, you know, with Hebrews 12, 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also asi- lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, full stop. And then he didn't touch the rest of it. You know, that's not even the end of the sentence. <laughs> no. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, which finishes the entire thought, why do we run? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus. Yeah. And and, uh, and and I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah, but yeah. like you 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 put a full stop on what verse was that? Hebrews twelve one. So you've put a full stop on the first verse. What you lose is, you know, a, like there, there. You keep reading, and you let you let the writer of Hebrews finish that sentence. And there's so much there that pulls me in to think about not only throwing off the burdens and weights that I might be carrying that I I shouldn't be carrying. I, sh- I should be laying it, Jesus, but like how I think about my suffering in general, right? And and how I look to Jesus as a, a, my my motivation. He endured. Mm-hmm. And so you endure, don't grow weary, right. or lose heart when you go and like, like you miss all of that. It's like doing, you know, doing a series on God's purpose for your life. And I believe God does have a, I talked about, you know, the purpose of the Christian life being obedience to Christ out yep. of the first two verses of first Peter on Sunday. Yep. And you can do a series on God's purpose for your life and pull out Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And I know the plans I have for you, and and you can just isolate that verse mm-hmm. and and extrapolate that out with a lot of self help theology. Yep. N- uh-huh. Never mind that they were in exile. Yeah, we don't yeah. even talk about that. We don't even talk about that. And I, that's why I say I think I think true topical teaching that pulls verses here and there is dangerous. I think I think it it you run the risk of. Um, giving people a very shallow theology and not thinking through, um, thinking through biblical text, and that, and that's why I, yeah. for me, I just could not 
see myself staying at a church. It would mm-hmm. be a huge turnoff to me. Well, and what you end up doing when you when you as as you put it, hunt and peck mm-hmm. <laughs> through through scripture is ultimately and. I'm not accusing everyone who does the super topical thing of this, but a lot of people, what they do is what they ask, what do I want to say Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to let's work through texts and see what God has to say. And then it forces you to deal with stuff that gets uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Maybe you haven't thought through it. Maybe, maybe just working through that text, it's, Oh, I disagree with that. Dang it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to think that thing anymore. Yeah, you know, you know? Brad, Bradley, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, you, uh, you I, I believe your words were, I think it'd be really, really hard. I'm like, it is really hard. Hmm. It, it is it is really hard when those, when, when those super topical, uh, uh, and, and people in leadership have, you know, know my stance on this. So I'm, I'm not going to get like lit up. But it, it, it it's it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, let me let me say this to you, John, and I, I'd say it to everybody listening. Um, there are different reasons, I think, for not continuing to attend a church based on these kinds of things we're talking about when you are visiting them for the first yeah. time, second mm-hmm. time, third time, versus. Once I find myself plugged in and rooted yep. in a community of faith, I think there are different reasons to leave, uh, and they may not be the same. You know, it's yep. you know, John, you have a real sense of the heart behind Christ Lincoln and the heart of the pastors and the elders and those who do teach and how how are they if if their methodology is going to be topical preaching all the time or some of the time. Um, you know, what's the spirit and the the heart underneath that? And are they being true to biblical text? And are they leading people to think well about their salvation and about the doctrine of God and, you know, the power of the spirit and theology of suffering and all these really huge, important things? You know, you know that now and you're rooted and plugged in and you have people that you're accountable to and are accountable to you and responsible for. And so I think it's worth saying there are different reasons to leave a church after you've been there a while and you've gotten, Oh yeah. You know, obviously if heresy starts getting preached, we've already said that given that disclaimer, but um, you might find yourself. I mean, some of our listeners might find themselves in a church where you might say, you know, if I was visiting churches and I visited this church for the first time, I might not come back because of thus and so. Sure. But I don't I would has I would be really hesitant to say to those people, if you've been there for a couple of years or six years or twelve years and you're plugged in, I would be very hesitant to yep. make that the basis upon which you consider yeah. leaving. Yeah. There are Absolutely. bigger, deeper questions to ask at that point. Yeah, there's there's a huge difference between if you've been to a church once or twice and someone makes a snide comment and being exactly. like, Well well maybe this isn't for me and if you've been there for five years and someone makes a snide comment, well maybe you just need one to forgive them and two get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because we're we're talking about you know deeper discipleship issues at that point. I mean, right. You you if you 
treat church like you know a favorite restaurant you go to that you go there once or twice after you've been frequenting this place for years and then you go there one or two times and get a bad meal and decide i'm not going back there anymore Mm -hmm. that that that's not how we should treat church at all because you know once you get plugged into a place then you're talking about navigating relationships in a biblical way and and walking in forgiveness Mm -hmm. and 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 also the sense that you know somebody like john John is responsible for Christ Lincoln, you know, even if he's not uh, in the the higher up pastoral meetings mm-hmm. where some of these decisions are made. There's responsibility that John has yeah. for people that do look to him and um, people that he's in friendships with and his children and how they're plugged in and being discipled. I mean, all those things, I think I think it's worth saying, let's not make. The sure. basis upon which we would or would not continue visiting a church mm-hmm. to be the same thing that we evaluate whether or not we stay at a church that we've become deeply rooted in. Right. And and there's there's a huge difference, too, between disagreeing with something and there being rank heresy. Absolutely. Yeah. Where it's it's no two people are going to agree about absolutely everything. That's right. That's just the nature of things. Now, obviously, Bradley, when we disagree, it's almost always something really, really nuanced where, where we agree <laughs> on the core, and it's like, well, maybe the outworking may look a little different. And it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you yeah. know? But but even on on the stuff, the rare times where we where we actually disagree, it's well, it's not a first tier issue, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it's right. and usually it's not even a second tier issue. That's right. Um, and so we we have to be able to to uh, understand how those tiers work together. Paul said, you know, I, I preached to you what was of first importance, right? So that for us also has to be of first importance, and then we work through other things. Sure. Mm. Hey, I'm going to interject real quick. So um, I got a alert on my phone Sunday during service, and it says, Resurrection Church is now live. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I, pull, <laughs> so I pulled it open. And because I've, you know, I've seen, because I know you're doing the live streaming thing now. Yeah. Um, but I've, I, I've seen your sermons, Bradley, and I enjoy them, and I, 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 I glean a lot from them, and I appreciate them being available. Um, but... The band was is something I've never actually I've never actually heard. Uh, Cody doesn't suck live. Turns out he, he's, he's pretty decent. Um, playing no, your I, playing your agile uh, man. I, it, we it, it we like. for real though. This Sunday was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, the band was tight. I got to play that On agile that. with the Fishman active oh, that's right, pickups. The, yep. it sounded delicious. <laughs> it did sound really good and. I uh, I had it open in the worship office um, while we were uh, between between worship sets, and one of our vocalists was like, "Who is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's my buddy's church in in South Carolina." He's like, "Those harmonies are tight." Mm. Like, hey, I'm like Bradley, no kidding, dude. It, like, like it was just like lockstep mm. everywhere like every note was just mm, mint like quality man just like from a completely musical perspective um not just not just me but everyone else in the worship office was like 
how do we get that good? <laughs> because like in, instrumentally, instrumentally we're 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 strong, we're tight vocally, independently we're tight, but like vocally together is this is the, is that's the it's not like their harmonies are off, but like I mean solid. Hmm. Um and uh like everyone was blown away. And I'm not, a, you know, I'm not like a, a trained vocalist, so I don't know how to tell people to do that. But I wanted to pass that along that, mm. I mean, the only thing I could tell them is like, well, they're in the South. I mean, this is how they've sing, sung forever. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. I, I could just think of gospel choirs. I'm like, that's what it sounds like. Like the harmonies are so perfect. It sounds like a gospel choir in the middle of this, this uh, CCM uh, worship anthem. Mm. I'm like, that's legit. You know, so. if, if I could just tell a quick story about that's related to Sunday, uh, John, you may have noticed the younger lady that was on stage beside my wife. It was me and my wife was in the middle. And then there was a young blonde girl uh, sure. beside her that was singing. And that was her first time singing with us yep. on Sunday morning. And the interesting thing is she's my vocal therapist. Um so I think I've talked about it on the podcast before about yep. two years ago, I, I, I really injured my voice pretty bad. It's, it's a long story. It's really 20 some years, a cumulative effect of over singing, not singing the right way, trying to sing too high. My voice is pretty low as you can tell. And I, I've, I've just worn my voice out and unfortunately I can't do what I did Sunday very often anymore. I mean, I went home Sunday afternoon and, was just vocally exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so two years ago when this happened, my doctor prescribed vocal therapy yep. to help my voice recover. And the young lady that sung with us, uh, I didn't know her at all. She was not attending church anywhere, was not a Christian. And we start doing vocal therapy and she starts working with me over a period of weeks. And then she starts listening to my sermons and uh, trying to help me use my voice better. And then I remember this one particular appointment we had. I sat down in her office and she said, okay, preach me a sermon and I'm going to talk to with you about your breathing and, and you know, your core and, and, and how you're positioning your head so that, you, you know, we, we can correct some of these bad habits you have that put strain on your voice. I'm like, this is weird. You want me to preach you a sermon or whatever? She's like, yeah, just... Tell me what you what you taught on Sunday. It's your just, job. You should be able to just do start, it. On the just spot. start talking. And so I I just whatever I had taught the previous Sunday, I just started telling her about it, and she started to correct me here and there, breathing white. But by the time I got done, her her face was red, and there were tears rolling down her face. And not long after that, she came to Christ and was baptized. I don't think your voice is that bad, Bradley. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) she came to Christ from that and got baptized and then, you know, started coming to res. And then this past Sunday, she sang for the first time Mm -hmm. with us. And we both just kind of looked at each other right before the first service started. And we were like, how cool is this? Yeah. Like, no, nobody saw this coming. You know, mm. you know, when we first met two years ago and I started vocal therapy, you know, very reluctantly, by the way, I was you know, not, <laughs> you were pretty irritated I was not a great patient, but here we are and, and she's singing and worshiping as really still a new believer. 
um, two years into her to her walk with Christ mm-hmm. and, and how the Lord Praise just used to God. all that's of that. That's a really cool thing. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty legit. Uh, okay, how do I transition to the Inquisition from that? <laughs> I feel like we need a keyboard behind us. Right now. <laughs> we need we need a Rhodes. <laughs> I can do that. I've Fired done it, up, I've done it before. Hey, John, y'all don't listen to but thank you. Y'all don't listen to the show, so yeah. you don't know what I do. You don't know what I do in post production, John. Thank you for the compliment. That means a lot, man. It yeah, really dude. Does. It was it was really really solid and. Uh, um, uh, it wasn't just me. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys, uh, you always got your A game, and uh, I realized that that's not always of first importance. Um, but uh, you know, we talk a lot about um, offering excellence in worship, not only to the glory of God, but for the benefit of those uh, who who come and worship in our midst. Mm. And uh, yeah, you guys nailed it. Good work. Awesome. Yeah, so I guess if you want to listen to that. <laughs> Facebook.com slash resfaith, right? R-E-Z faith. I just searched Resurrection Church yeah, on. Or, but there's like a million of those, so. No. Yeah. I'm not sure what the is. <laughs> We're on Resurrection Facebook. Church and Greer. Find Cody and then you'll You find think there's him. a lot of Resurrection Churches. You should, treat, you should try finding Trinity Lutheran, you know. <laughs> There's literally like 300 in like Nebraska alone. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, facebook.com slash res faith and look up the September 6th uh, live streams. Uh, We did have a lot of fun. So let's go to the Inquisition. And this is the Inquisition. We have a shorter Inquisition this week, which kind of works out since we, man, we went really over on time. Yeah, we did. Uh, But you can join in the discussion with the Inquisition uh, every week at the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. And as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, who asks, are there any effects or instruments that are inappropriate for use in worship? (laughs) I, I don't have anything to contribute to that. Ottawa. 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 I think I may have used an Ottawa before. No, I've never used one in worship. Yeah, we, we had a guy use Ottawa, and he'd use it on, like, a live, like that Hillsong. And, uh, like, when you go when you go up, uh, like, in the pre-chorus, and it's like the... It's supposed to be like a jangly strat thing. Yep. But you put Ottawa on it, it it's sonically awkward. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think Ottawa is probably like I'm talking about like a like a fast attack Ottawa too, like uh, borderline <laughs> funk style kind of Ottawa. Yeah. Is what you're talking yeah, about like yeah, more yeah. of a filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like an envelope sort of deal. Um, I, instruments. Though. I have used mm-hmm. a super over the top flange before. Uh, it's been a long time, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a Dan Electro Psycho flange. Okay, and sure. it is super over. Like the only way that you use it is over the top. And I I've mean, used you could probably get some really ago. like deep Leslie sort of things going on with that. No, right? like I, I do, I do really slow and really ah, deep. Okay, mm. ah, okay, and it's it, super low on the speed, really high on the depth, and it's just 
Like I had one in high school, sold it and regretted it. And then mm. I, I is actually when I was dating my wife, she got me another one. And you know, that's when, you know, she's the one and uh, yeah. <laughs> when she buys you pedals <laughs> and, and um, like when I was playing along with my CD player in high school, it would make the CD player skip. Like that's how ridiculous this thing was. <laughs> nice. So I, I would I would set that my at res. It's been like four or five years. <laughs> I would set my my phaser the same way when I had a phaser. I used to for like all the electronic like Hillsong Young and Free stuff that we don't do a ton of anymore. Yeah. Um, like on the big power chord segments, I'd do the same thing with a phaser, and it would give me kind of that filter sweep that you'd get right. in like techno, techno and electronic music. I don't have a phaser anymore though. I've been through like a bajillion. And the one I want is a uh, an Ibanez PH7. It's it's like the the Tone Lock uh, uh, series. Yeah, the, the I early two thousands. Yeah, Bradley's I had totally that. lost right now. I, I had that. I loved it. It freaked out, and, and something happened. <clears throat> I ended up getting rid of it. Um, and I've been through like two Matthews Effects Chemists, and like uh, phase delay on DD500 when I was going crazy with that, and like I, I tried the, uh, the Boss phaser that has the tap tempo in. I don't know. I just never, uh, never found another phaser I liked. So uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm a trimmy boy now. You know, I, I, I would say. As far as instruments, the first thing that hit my head was theremin. That but, like, I had the same thought. Wonder by Hillsong has a theremin in it, so like, I mean, it'd be kind of hypocritical saying, "Oh, theremins don't belong in worship," and then like, there, you know, I'm mixing, I'm mixing the supplemental tracks for a Sunday, and then there's. When, when can we work a theremin into freaking Doctor Who theremin theme? Is. What is a theremin? All right, Cody, you can you can look it up and show them. Essentially, it's it, so I think Moog, uh, the guy behind uh, Moog uh, Audio Electronics, um, came up with this thing, or 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 at least popularized it. It's a device that has like two loops on it, and the position of your hand of one hand controls the pitch, and the other hand controls like the. Uh, the intensity and you can give it vibrato effects and stuff that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah right and fun fact the doctor who theme song the original was done on a theremin yeah, you, you had a lot of like 50s sci-fi, 50s and 60s sci-fi oh, yeah. really use the theremin a lot. But, I mean... I, I mean, that's kind of cool in that yeah. setting, but I don't know. I yeah, mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, God, does it serve right? the song? Is it distracting? Like, so, uh, how, you know, it's the answer we give all the time. Like, does it work in your church? I guess, yeah, I guess the same question is like, does a sousaphone <clears throat> work in church? Like, I'm not talking like a tuba. I'm talking like the the marching sousaphone, you know, with the, the big <laughs> bell that sits on your shoulder. I mean, like, maybe it can. <laughs> you know, the only thing it's I could, a it's a bold fashion choice for the Lord's Day, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the only thing I could contribute here is like, I I mean, I am so not a gear guy when it comes to anything musical. Really, I just mm -hmm. I, I I'm not, especially guitar pedals. But I had this guitar player that played for me at a previous church years ago. 
and he was kind of like you guys. He just, I mean, he had the biggest pedal board I've ever, I mean, so much stuff on there. And um, he he played some kind of effect or whatever uh, during the service, and I, I I went to him afterwards. I was like, that sounded like crap. Don't ever do that. <laughs> and I hated it. And then, like, I, I forget. It was like a few Sundays later, um, he did something, and I said, dude, that was so awesome. I loved that sound that you put in there or whatever. And he's like, that's the thing you told me sounded like crap a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it just goes to show, it just goes to show that all the stuff, you know, is, is all subjective to the context in which it's in. Yeah. You know, uh, an auto wah probably wouldn't work well for, say, I don't know, the doxology, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Matthew yeah. Winter asks, how do you find the time to do everything you do? So, I mean, all of us are fairly busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I own a business. I help coach baseball. I, I'm super active here at the church and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bradley, you do the pastor thing, mm-hmm. which, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you got kids. Yeah. Uh, so, and et cetera. And mm-hmm. John, you're super active in your church. You got kids. You got a full-time job. Like, how do we go Truth. about, I guess it's like a time management question, right? Like some, yeah. sometimes something has to give, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. you'll, you'll notice if you've listened to enough episodes, like sometimes it's just two of us yeah. because mm-hmm. one of us has to drop off and that's okay. Um, but sometimes you just yeah. have to prioritize, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's, that's part of it. Also getting into that, that rhythm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is really, is, is really helpful um, you know, like during the school year, like, um, you now I used to just set my alarm to like seven fifteen, like for like last year, for instance, it was like, that's way too late. Like, and I, I've always had a hard time getting up. I just always have. I'm, I'm not a by nature early riser. I completely and sincerely wish I was, but I, I'm just not. Um, and, uh. You know, I and today actually, you know, we just got back from a camping trip uh, last night, and this morning was was just uh, um, it was just a, a whirlwind because I was way overtired. I had to wash laundry last minute. I got up at six thirty. Had to wash laundry last minute, and you know, starting the day off well, like I've been able to do for you know the the last you know or for the first weeks of school. Um, is fantastic because today did not start off that way. Um, today was a lot of running around and because like last night I was just like, screw it. I don't need to do any of this stuff. And this morning I was like, crap, I needed to do all that stuff. Um, like, I don't know. I, I think for me, I'm not much of a sitting idle sort of guy. Like everyone's like, mm, vacation. I can go sit on the beach with a drink in my hand and not worry about anything like that sounds terrible to me (laughs) like i i mean sitting sitting and reading is fine you know for a little bit but like i take personal fulfillment in getting my stuff done um it's not to say that i probably couldn't you couldn't do more but the the biggest thing that has helped me get there is having that rhythm you know we have a set time to record the podcast i you know i know that on and my wife knows 
that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know, my son Micah has swim. She picks up my boys from from school, uh, takes takes them with her. Uh, Micah goes to to swim. Malachi works on his homework. Um, I'm at home finishing my work day and getting supper started. Um, you know, my wife knows that on Wednesday late evening is one of my work uh, work days at the church. Um, Monday, usually, uh, afternoon, early afternoon, it, it is my worship planning meeting at church. You know, Thursdays is rehearsal. Uh, Sunday is, is worship. I mean, just getting those, those set times that, like, everybody is well aware. Like, this is what goes on these days. Scouts on Monday nights, you know, for instance. Like, this is what goes on on these days. Um, and then being able to work everything else around that um i i will say it's exhausting i mean three kids all of which are in some level of school um you know the podcast editing the podcast mm-hmm. i've got a video that cody's been waiting on for <laughs> like two months at this point um so things do fall through the cracks absolutely and it's just a matter of prioritizing in the moment um and, uh, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's been a challenge in a, in a, in a journey, but you, you eventually get there. You, you get right. into that rhythm mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. uh, that's important. I w- I would just say, um, what works for me, which may not work for everybody. Um, and I don't consider myself to be, uh, you know, expert time manager, but, um, I, I, I have like broad categories with which I look at my week. Um, and there's some overlap there. So for example, on a normal week, Monday and Tuesday are, are my days with which I try to focus all of my administrative tasks, Mm -hmm. uh, counseling appointments, lunch appointments, um, you know, checking on people, people interaction, Yep. Uh, all of those kinds of things, podcasts that I record, I yep. try to focus those in on the Monday and Tuesday section of the week. But as things start to wind down on Tuesday, my my schedule, my mind, and my energy starts to shift towards more sermon prep, reading, studying, mm-hmm. praying, preparing for Sunday in that way. And so by the end of day Tuesday and into early Wednesday, I'm shifting into that mode. Yep. And if appointments are requested for Wednesday and Thursday, they have to be almost emergency level before I right. would accept them. So th- that's how I tend to think about my week. And so in those categories, I schedule everything. So mm. everything is an appointment, even if it's an, a, if it's a task, uh, I try to schedule um, not just my lunches and my meetings and the, when the podcasts are going to record or whatever, but I also schedule that I'm going to work on this at this time. I'm going to do this at this time. I schedule my workouts. Um, all of those kinds of things get calendared yep. within those broad categories of the week. You know, once I get to Friday, Friday and Saturday are family time. And again, if something has to happen on Friday or Saturday, it has to be pretty pretty urgent someone's house burning down or something yeah or just you know (laughs) something really significant that needs my attention um i i might carve some time out on friday or saturday but generally speaking i'm with my family on Mm -hmm. those days and um and you know 
the, the household responsibilities fold into that as well. I mean, you know, usually pretty early on in the week because, you know, I've got two kids and they're involved in different things and they have to be carted here and there. Um, you know, usually Monday or Tuesday, Mary and I do a pretty big cook. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll cook a bunch of chicken. I'll cook, you know, some pork and we'll cook vegetables and, and make salad, pre-make salads and all this kind of stuff so that as the weeks get as the week goes on, it gets busier and busier. You got stuff going on. Um, we can just pull stuff out of the fridge, warm it up, and we we yep. can still have family dinner time. That's a really important thing in my household is that we get to mm-hmm. as much as possible sit down around the table Same. and eat together. And sometimes there's just weeks where there's no time to cook and do that. So we just cook a lot of food and then we can nuke it and sit down and eat together. So yeah. Yeah, that kind of you know that's go ahead, that's one thing that I've uh, that I've tried to do is that whole meal planning thing because I'm the one who cooks every night, and uh, like I've never been able to get there where it's like oh we got all this stuff just ready to go, but I have uh, been able to just like open the fridge and be like I like I think I'd win chopped like all the way to the top <laughs> like uh, dude you should you do know, it you know like. Uh, <laughs> Chopped worship leader edition or something, <laughs> you know. It's like, okay, we got uh, we got some, we got some chicken. Uh, we got a bottle of chocolate milk, and uh, and some and some cornmeal. What are we doing? We having chicken mole with with, <laughs> with tortillas. This is what you know. I, I don't know, <laughs> like. I, although, uh, don't take that as a recommendation to make chicken mole with uh, chocolate milk. I don't think I'd that like would to turn that, out John. too well. Whew. <laughs> yeah. But that, that kind of feeds into our last Inquisition question, which isn't really all that heavy or anything. But Dustin Beeman asks, why do you have a new recording schedule? Uh, everybody in the podcast lounge knows that we used to record usually early in the week, and then that shifted with the Rona to Thursdays, and now we're back to Tuesdays. And Bradley, that that's because of your schedule has shifted back to closer to normal now that we're actually meeting in person instead of doing the pre-recorded thing. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, John and Cody have been very gracious to me in that regard because I – I do. I try to I like like I just said, I try to keep my Wednesdays and Thursdays focused on sermon prep. And it's not that I can't pause for an hour and record a podcast if, if mm-hmm. I really wanted to, but I, I I don't I don't do well energy wise with a lot of context shifting yeah. when I'm yeah. trying to prepare to to teach. So I asked John and Cody if we could move that back into the early part of the week now that we're not doing pre-recorded content, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a few months ago I was done as of Thursday morning for the week once I recorded the sermon. Right. And so it was not a big deal to do an afternoon podcast, but now that we're back to normal, it's been helpful to move that back in the early part of the week. So. Yeah. And and kind of yeah. with my blocks, Mondays are usually pretty hectic mm-hmm. where it's all right, I have to, you know, catch up with all of the sales or emails that I got during the weekend and then building and whatever. And then mm-hmm. Tuesdays are usually pretty calm for me. You know, obviously I, I have a busy day ahead, but it's not, it's not as crazy as a Monday would be for me. Right. So, so it all, it all kind of works out, you know, and, and John's working yeah. from home right now. So I'm honestly, uh, Zilla group just classified, uh, everyone in, in my, 
realm. I mean, department sounds too formal. Your realm with the meats and cheeses and meats and ales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I do love a good Renaissance fair. You know, turkey leg. And... Anyways, um, I also haven't eaten breakfast, so like even... <laughs> Turkey with turkey leg with some chocolate milk mole sounds <laughs> pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm permanently uh, work from home now. I mean, nice. I, we have the option to to work in an office, but um, I, I guess uh, my collective team has uh, proven our muster uh, over the last uh, the last eight months or so that uh, hey, we don't actually need to. Uh, uh, to have desks for these folks. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's all right. You know, I've kind of grown accustomed to the work from home thing. It makes recording, you know, heck, heck of a lot easier. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will say it's, it's certainly easier, uh, during the school year. Uh, I can imagine. All right, fellers. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, make sure you follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram at Westminster effects. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. And you can support the show at anchor.fm. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.